Let's make a deal. The name Monty Hall is synonymous with Hollywood game show lore. For many years, he served as host of the legendary Let's Make a Deal. Thank you. The iconic moment in the game came when the host offered a deal behind one of three doors. Door number one, door number two, or door number three. Choose the right door and you might win a new car or an exotic vacation. Choose the wrong door and you might become the proud owner of a billy goat. Zonk. Jesus declared, I am the door of the sheep. There are many religious doors you could possibly choose in life. There is also coming a day when Jesus will separate the sheep from the goats. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. day is coming when the door to salvation will close. But for now, it's open to everyone. Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. My name is Brian. Thanks for stopping by. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is the door of the sheep and that his sheep hear his voice. In what ways does he talk to us? That's what we'll discover today in John chapter 10 as Ron continues his series, Why Jesus? seven reasons he is still the one and only. Visit somethinggoodradio.org and listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where he serves as lead pastor, here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, The Door of the Sheep. And 1 Corinthians chapter 2 talks about how the Spirit of God, capital S, speaks to our human spirit. I call those the mysterious inner promptings of the Holy Spirit. And they are always, friends, how do you discern it? They're always in harmony with the Word of God. So, you know, if you decide to come to me one day and say, oh, pastor, I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. I'm going to leave my spouse and marry this sweet thing over here. I know it's the Holy Spirit speaking because it just feels so right. I'm going to say to you very kindly, friend, that ain't the Holy Spirit talking to you. Because the Holy Spirit would never say anything to us that contradicts the Word of God, written or living, in this book or in the person of Jesus Christ. And we could go on to talk about how He does speak to us through wise counsel, friends and godly people who speak into our lives. Just always remember when you're going to counsel, find a person or people whose minds and hearts are saturated with the Word of God. You know they're in this book thinking God's thoughts, reading His thoughts on a daily basis. And they're in relationship with Him. And they're in communication with Him through prayer and through the study of His Word. That's the kind of counsel you need. Everything else might lead you in a dangerous direction. So he is a door of defense. He is a door of direction. He has this relationship with his sheep. He he speaks to them. They hear his voice. He leads them here. He leads them there. I tell you what, that's that's the exciting part of the Christian life is to know that we serve a, we sang about it earlier, a living God, a living God, not some dead God of the past who's in a grave somewhere. He's the living God, and he's alive today, and he's still speaking through his word through his word. So read his thoughts every day. 
and listen to His voice and be directed by the truth that you learn in Scripture. Thirdly, Jesus is a door, are you ready for this one? A door of division. This is where you need to strap on your seatbelts a bit. Tray tables in their full and upright locked position and be ready for takeoff. I want you to think about this in a practical sense. Every door divides one room from another. It can actually divide one group of people from another group of people. Now, we live in a day and age today when our culture is very inclusive. The politics of inclusion, you, know, you, you, just, you just hear it all over. Now, everybody needs to be included. Everybody needs to be included. All the political parties, they're, they're trying to race to see who has the, the biggest tent. Big tent politics, they call it. Everybody's included. And I understand that at some point. Everybody needs to be able to voice their thoughts and their ideas in a free society. And, you know, those kinds of freedoms are very, very important. But when we're so inclusive that we say every idea is equally valid, well, now we got a pot of stew that's going to give us a bellyache in time. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus is not about the politics of inclusion. Oh, if you're inside the sheepfold, He unites the sheep around His purposes. I want to take you on a little journey through the Scriptures. You won't have time to turn to these passages, but they're in your notes, and you might want to write, write them down. But you may be surprised to hear what the gospel writers say about, well, how Jesus divided some people. John chapter 7 and verse 40 through 43 says, when they heard these words from Jesus, some of the people said, this really is the prophet. Others said, no, this is the Christ, the Messiah. But some said, is the Christ to come to Galilee? And then it says, so there was a division among the people over him. John 9 and verse 16, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. One of the reasons Jesus is so controversial in our society, even today, 2,000 years later, is because he draws lines in the sand. He's the door to the sheep. He says, you're either on this side or that side. You're either an insider or an outsider. You're either a sheep or a goat. I'll get to that in a moment. But here's where you really need to strap on your seatbelt tight. These are the words of Jesus found in Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 51. Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. For from now on, in one house, there will be five divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Whatever happened to the Prince of Peace? You mean Jesus is a door of division? He's going to cause division in families? in relationships.
We'll return to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones in just a moment. To listen to any of Ron's messages on demand, stop by somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, be sure to access the Something Good digital library with more than 500 hours of video and audio teaching from Dr. Ron Jones. Search the streaming library by scripture or topic to find answers to your Bible questions and grow in your Christian faith. Again, that's our Something Good digital library at somethinggoodradio.org. Some of life's greatest adventures take place on a road trip. Nothing is more enjoyable than traveling the open highway with the windows rolled down and the music turned up. Each town, each exit, an experience all its own. Hello friend, I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio, and today I'm inviting you to take a road trip with me. You see, I'm convinced that reading the Bible is the greatest literary adventure you can ever take. But with 66 books, two testaments, and more than 600,000 words, it can be a daunting journey to attempt. That's why I wrote my two-volume book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, where I give you a bird's-eye view of God's Word so you can clearly see how it all fits together. All 66 books of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. So pack your bags and join me on the ultimate road trip through the Bible. You'll be glad you did. Here's Brian with details. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2 can be yours today by request for your gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of something good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to request the two-volume set and to gain immediate access to the Route 66 Digital Library. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Pastor Ron, not only did you break this project up into two volumes, but you created what you call eight different road trips, five in the Old Testament and three in the New. Help our listeners understand the motivation behind that literary structure. You know, Brian, categorizing the various books of the Bible into eight separate groups is nothing new. Uh, They include the books of the law, the Old Testament historical books, uh, the wisdom books, the major prophets, the minor prophets, Then we're into the Gospels and the early church, the Pauline epistles, and we finish up with the general epistles in Revelation. But when I first decided to compare the reading of God's Word to a travel adventure, well, it took me almost no time to come up with the phrase road trip to identify these eight sections of Scripture. Uh, What I believe the reader will begin to see a little more clearly is that the books of the law, for example, point to the person and work of Jesus Christ as much as the Gospels do. That's because the Bible is one story with one main character. His name is Jesus, and he is the Christ. My hope is that by experiencing the 66 books of the Bible as eight separate road trips, uh, this overarching theme will be easier to recognize and understand. Such a great idea, Pastor Ron. We're so glad you decided to share this important book with us. You can get your copy today by going to somethinggoodradio.org. Both volumes of this great resource are yours for a gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. 
Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. And now with the second half of today's message, The Door of the Sheep. Here, once again, is Dr. Ron Jones. When we moved to Washington, D.C. almost a decade ago, we met this young girl in our church, and a beautiful young girl. Uh, she was from India, and she grew up in a Hindu home. And her parents sent her to the United States to be educated here in you know, the Washington, D.C. area, and she went to one of the great universities there. Brilliant girl, attractive, had a great future ahead of her. And somewhere in the process, she, she met Jesus Christ as her Savior, an authentic conversion to Christ. And it created some tension back home in the Hindu family in which she grew up. She was never disrespectful to her parents, n- not at all, but it just created some tension. You know what I'm talking about? I- I've met some Messianic Jews, some Jewish people who believe Jesus is the Messiah, and, and the same thing kind of happens. Maybe you have a close friendship somebody you've known since grade school or college years, and, you know, you together you were wild childs back then, but you came to faith in Christ, and, well, they're just not there, and you're just kind of wondering, do I, do I tell them about my Jesus, or do I just kind of keep that out of our relationship because it could create some, some tension. Here's what you need to understand about Jesus. He values loyalty to Him far more than He values your loyalty to any human relationship. And if it comes down between your family and Jesus, a friend and Jesus, a coworker and Jesus, he's not asking you to be rude or dismissive, but it's all about Jesus. That's why he says, sometimes it'll be father against mother and brother against sister and mother-in-law against, there may be tension in the home because you choose in, in, in an attractive way, not an abrasive way, not a dismissive kind of way, not a, a, a pious, looking down your nose kind of way, uh, not in a way that fulfills all the caricatures that people have about Christians in our culture today, but in a way that loves people and loves God, but still, <laughs> they're on this side of Jesus and you're on this side. There's a door of division. And we try until the end of the age to build a relational bridge and to bring people into the sheepfold because the Bible is very clear. There are sheep and there are goats. Now I want to take you to some teaching that Jesus gave to His disciples during, during the final week of his life, probably on the front end of Holy Week, Monday or Tuesday of that week. Remember the upper room, probably Thursday of that week, crucifixion on Friday. But early in the week, Peter, James, and John, and Andrew, just four of the disciples, came to Jesus and had some questions about the end of the age and the signs of his second coming. And you know what Jesus did with them? He, he gathered them up and sat them down on the Mount of Olives, just on this side of Jerusalem. 
And he had what we called the Olivet Discourse. There are three or four major teachings and discourses the gospel records for us. You know the Sermon on the Mount. You know the Upper Room Conversation and Discourse. Well, the Olivet Discourse is all about end times. It's all about uh, the signs of the times and his second coming. And, and Jesus gives him a glimpse into the future. It's recorded in Matthew 24 and 25. And he comes down to the end and he talks about the final judgment at the end of the age. And here's what Jesus said. These are not my words. These are Jesus he says, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Now verse 32. Before Him will be gathered all the nations, and He will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And He will place the sheep on His right, but the goats on his left. My friends in Washington want to make political hay out of that, you know, the right side of the aisle, the left side. No, there's not, nothing political about that. Just note that the good shepherd separates the sheep from the goats at the end of the age. You can fast forward to Revelation chapter 20, you'll read about something we call the great white throne judgment. It's a sobering scene, one of the most sobering scenes in Scripture where all the nations are gathered at the final judgment, rich and poor, black and white, young and old, kings and presidents and peasants and factory workers, all who rejected Christ. And the door to heaven closes with them on the outside. And the Bible says they're cast into the lake of fire. It's serious stuff. Important for us to contemplate today because, yes, Jesus is a door of defense. He'll protect us. Yes, He's a door of direction. He'll, he'll guide us if we let Him. He'll lead us. But He's also a door of division. And I, I can't honestly deal with the Scriptures and what Jesus Himself said without you know, saying it this morning. He, he's a door of division, sheep on one side, goats on the other. Until that time, the sheep and the goats, the wheat and the tares is another analogy he uses, are kind of commingled here on this earth, and we may not know who's a sheep, who's a goat, who's a wheat, who's a tare, who's inside, who's outside. But at the end of the age, he draws a line, and he said, you're either in or you're out. And that brings me to the fourth thing that I want to leave with you. He's also a door of decision. Every one of us have to decide when we're standing in front of a door, are we going to walk through it or are we going to stay over here? There's a decision to be made. Do you remember the old game show, Let's Make a Deal? Monty Hall, door number one, door number two, or door number three. They had a decision to make. And if you choose the right door, behind that right door might be a vacation for you and your family or a new car. Or over here, Monty Hall loved to give goats away. <laughs> And when door number whatever opened up and it was a goat, they'd go, zonk. Remember that? When it comes to eternity and life and death, you, you don't want to choose the wrong door and get zonked. You want to choose the right door. And, and it's not a guessing game, you know? The world says, well, every door leads to God. Not, not according to Scripture. Not according. Jesus said, I am the door. And you and I have a decision to make. 
He's given us a glimpse even beyond that door. Will we walk through it? Will we decide today? Here's what He promises us. John chapter 10 and verse 10, wonderful words here. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Does anybody want abundant life here today? Does anybody want eternal life and the abundance that goes with that starting today? You just, you choose the door He's put in front of you. And by faith, not by your good works, not by your church attendance, not by how many good deeds you've done, but by faith in the Jesus who, in the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. We'll talk more about that next week. That's the cross. By faith in what Christ did for you on the cross and by faith in his powerful resurrection, you walk through that door and you go from darkness into light, from this side to that side, from a child of death to a child of life, from, from a goat to a sheep who's eternally in the sheepfold. And I pray that that would be true of every one of us in this room. Put aside the politics of inclusion for a moment, and let's just speak some truth about eternal matters that really, really, really are serious and that affect every one of us in this room. Thanks for being here for today's Something Good radio message, The Door of the Sheep. And Dr. Ron Jones joins me now in studio. Ron, in light of today's teaching, I'd like to put this question to you. With all that's going on in the world, and in light of biblical prophecy, do you believe we're living in the last days? That's a great question, Brian. And the short answer is yes, we are living in the last days. Uh, but technically, we've been living in them since Jesus came in Bethlehem because that phrase, last days in the New Testament, uh, points to it, the time when Jesus came uh, 2,000 years ago, leading up to the time of his second coming. Uh, perhaps a better question is, are we living in the final days of the last days, or are we nearing the end? Uh, now, it's true, the signs we see here in the 21st century uh, signs of the end of the age that Jesus gave to us. You know, the wars and rumors of war, nations rising against nation, uh, the steady moral decline and so forth. All of these things point to the imminent return of Jesus. But Jesus said these signs would be like birth pangs. They would increase in frequency and in intensity as we get closer and closer to the end of the age. But we need to be careful. Not even Jesus knew the day or the hour. And it's very possible that these signs will continue and increase in greater frequency and greater intensity for many more years to come. We don't know the day or the hour. It's just our job to be ready. And the one thing I'd like to emphasize today as we close this message is this. Uh, when we read the scriptures with regard to the last days and Bible prophecy, and, and specifically 1 Thessalonians chapters 4 and 5, what we discover is that the purpose of Bible prophecy is not to predict when Jesus will return. Rather, it's meant to be a source of comfort and hope to us. Uh, we should be encouraged that Jesus will come back. I mean, he promised he would return. And that we will be reunited with loved ones who have died in Christ. And knowing that he will return, we should also be challenged to live soberly with faith and perseverance for as long as we are here. Uh, that's the wonderful thing about God. He's patient. He's long-suffering. 
He chooses not to return, at least in part, because he wants to give everyone plenty of opportunity to repent. Remember, he is the door to the sheep, and every day he does not return, he is keeping that door open for anyone to come to faith in Jesus Christ. There's always a sense of urgency because the curtain could come down, the door could close, so to speak, and Christ could return and opportunities are lost because when he does return, the door will close. And so I urge everyone today to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's Dr. Ron Jones with some great final thoughts as we wrap up today's message, The Door of the Sheep. Coming your way tomorrow, Dr. Ron Jones continues his teaching series, Why Jesus? Seven Reasons He Is Still the One and Only. Ron, what can you tell us about your next message as we move ahead in our journey through the book of Colossians? Well, Brian, for the past two days, we've talked about Jesus being the door to the sheep, and tomorrow's message almost goes hand in hand with that. Jesus also said, I am the good shepherd. And it's really a beautiful picture of how he loves us, how he leads us, how he remains patient with us. You know, he didn't say he was a good moral teacher or a good CEO. He said he was a good shepherd because that's what we need most. So what I hope to do over the next couple of messages is to paint a picture of the character of God and the attitude he takes toward us and to show us how he is that good shepherd to us every day. That's tomorrow when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, The Good Shepherd. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.